You're listening to Cross the Line 1524, the common man's podcast. But I came here for just one drink. It's Cross the Line 1524. Join us at the Rusted Nail Speakeasy with a glass of bourbon, table 12, as guys sit around and discuss distilleries, common day events, or whatever comes to the bar top. That's right. Cross the line, 1524. So this is a special episode. We were live at Batesville Liquor Co. Um, We were fortunate enough to interview and be part of a question and answer from Mark Nooch uh, with Horse Soldier Bourbon. But more importantly, if you've seen the movie 12 Strong, uh, he was portrayed in that movie uh, by Chris Hemsworth, of all people. Uh, 12 Strong talks about a true story. It's the first group of Army Rangers uh, after 9-11 uh, to go into Afghanistan. And uh, you're going to hear some of the uh, tales from there and the story of how Horse Soldier Bourbon got started. Uh, so th- it'll start out with a kind of a question and answer with Mark, and then we'll do a interview with him, and then we'll end up with another question and answer with all the folks who came out to see him. Enjoy. Yeah. Hey, uh, thanks, everybody, for coming out tonight. There we go. Got power. Thanks, everybody, coming out. Uh, I'm Mark Nooch with uh, Horse Soldier Bourbon. Uh, it's an honor to be here in Batesville. Uh, I appreciate you being a willing participant in our bourbon riot we got going on here. <laughs> so, it's an honor to be here. <laughs> Excuse me. So, I grew up in a rural community, uh, probably similar to Batesville, uh, in north central Kansas from a farming and ranching community. So, uh, grew up around horses, and just by fate, I ended up uh, leading a special forces team right after 9-11 uh, to lead this incredible uh, uh, mission to spearhead America's response to the 9-11 attacks. So, there's been a lot of stuff written about that. There's movies, there's books, uh, but we're moving on, right? That was the past, it was over 20 years ago, and uh, I've had the amazing opportunity to uh, uh, form a business with some other Special Forces veterans that I served with uh, at different times throughout my career. We had a great mentor, so I encourage uh, veterans that are coming off uh, active duty or out of the Guard or Reserve, making that, that transition. Find that mentor, find out what you're passionate about, you know, because you're working for you and your family now. And uh, uh, it's amazing that we've had uh, the support we have uh, from a great team of folks around us. We're just on a new, another new team. And uh, great partners like uh, Gala Wine that's come on with us. And then uh, here in Indiana, we got Johnson Brothers. and. Uh, this great young man like Julian that's been hustling me around uh, Indianapolis and and out here tonight, but uh, um, and it's partners like this store here uh, and many others and the folks in these communities that have come out like you to support this. So uh, I, I deeply appreciate y'all the turnout here tonight and this uh, uh, first annual Bourbon Riot. In Batesville, it's uh, um, who here, show of hands, has never tasted the horse soldier bourbon before tonight? Wow, wow. So, um, we're uh, we've been in Indiana four years now, uh, for distribution, and uh, it has done so well that it is uh, has been the number two or number three state behind Florida and sometimes my home state, Kansas, uh, despite the fraction of the population, uh, has come in to second or third around Indiana. So it's been fun internally with our company with, with that little competition back and forth. But we're in 19 states now, and it's, it's growing. It's a rocket ship, and uh, uh, we're just having a great ride. There are four of us that are from the Special Forces team that are, are traveling around nationally to do these promotions. Uh, we're getting after it. Uh, the schedule is, is pretty pretty crushing, but uh, we wouldn't have it any other way uh, as we've grown this brand. Uh, we're very proud of the bourbon 
that's here. Uh, the, the core three offerings that we have that, that's here tonight. Copper label, show of hands. Who liked the, the, the premium straight? That's that high rye. It's a young two to three year old, 87 proof. Double gold winner from the San Francisco Spirits Festival twice. So we're very proud of this one. Drinks great, neat, on the rocks, or on cocktails. We make these bourbons in Columbus, Ohio, over in a, a, a craft distillery there with, uh, with that's a co-op with other small brands. Our other two products are uh, a weeded bourbon. So it's gonna, you probably noticed it smelled and tasted very different. Well, that's because you're going from rye, it's the flavoring grain in that first one, to wheat, corn, wheat, and barley in this one. Our signature small batch, gold label bottle, and the reserve barrel strength are the same weeded recipe. Four to six years old. The difference is primarily the silver label bottle is our barrel strength uncut as Mother Nature and Father Time intended. You're going to see it roll in between 110 to 122 proof is the bottle I'm holding here. So you are going to see those vary. Who preferred that one? Show of hands. There we go. There we go. All right. This bourbon uh, was ranked by the Whiskey Advocate uh, last year as number 50th. Uh, out of a hundred of the top bourbons to drink in the world. We call it the COVID killer. Uh, our lawyers say we can't say that. So. The little brother or little sister in the gold label bottle is the same, same juice, but it's at 95 proof. Again, very proud of this one. It won double gold also, uh, as did the barrel strength in the San Francisco Spirits Festival. Uh, from an award standpoint, we're very proud of the fact all three of these bourbons won double gold. This bourbon, the signature small batch, uh, I would say is probably my personal favorite. I get asked that question all the time. What's your favorite? My response is kind of, do you have kids? <laughs> you love them all. Sometimes you love one more than the other. So it's really kind of what are you in the mood for, all right? Me personally, I like this one on a big rock, just easy, slow sipper. But uh, the barrel strength for sharing very special moments, the challenges you've had in your life, the special moments, those, those uh, weddings, those graduations, those births, and uh, sharing that out with friends. So that's part of the, I guess, part of the pact here tonight I'm asking you all is I'm going to autograph your bottle. I'm happy to personalize it, but I'm going to ask you to knock the top off of it at that right occasion and share it out with your friends, your family, your coworkers. Just just reflect on on that. Cocktails. I do like cocktails. Did I mention that earlier? I like old fashions. It's fun to have an old-fashioned party, I think. Do you like your old-fashioned with the traditional rye, our premium straight, or do you like it with our signature small batch, the weeded bourbon? I'll leave that for you to figure out. Uh, we do have some cocktail cards up here. You're welcome to take any of those. Uh, we got some big, big goals, big dreams. We're going to build out our own distillery in Somerset, Kentucky. Some of you may have been down there. It's on the north bluffs of beautiful Lake Cumberland, the houseboating capital of the world. Who knew that there was such a thing as 100-foot houseboats, right? But uh, uh, we're going to build out the horse soldier farms there over the next three years. Give us some time. Uh, but we'll get it open down there. Uh, we do have a restaurant in Somerset that's going to open probably later this summer. Uh, it'll be downtown on the square. It's a smaller version of our restaurant called the Urban Stillhouse that's in St. Petersburg, Florida that showcases the Horse Soldier Bourbon brand. So any of you that come down to the Tampa, St. Petersburg area, please come see us down there. However, please call ahead. We were, we're reservations only, uh, and we're backed up a couple weeks. So horse, the, the, theurbanstillhouse.com is that uh, restaurant down in St. Pete. So, and I didn't ask, show of hands, whose favorite was the, the signature small batch? I noticed some of you voted multiple times. I like it. I like it. We are selling cases here. So uh, 
you know, there's six packs. So let's let's get after it. I want to see this all gone tonight. Oh, these ladies in the corner, pretty rowdy. <laughs> what was your favorite? The middle, uh, the, the signature small batch. Yeah, my wife was not a, a bourbon drinker before we started this either, but she uh, her pr favorite is the signature small batch. So there's uh, again, there's a lot to our story. Uh, we finally told our own story in our own words this last year. Uh, we finally wrote this book called Swords of Lightning. Uh, Bob Pennington, who in the movie 12 Strong, he's portrayed by, he requires me to say this, the Emmy-nominated actor, Michael Shannon. Uh, but we finally got that book out, and uh, it blew up to a number one new release on Amazon. So if you want to know about more of the real story, about really what happened, the challenges we had, the 20 to 25 pounds we lost in body weight in less than a month, living outside, all the challenges we had, how we worked with the different uh, Afghan militias and things, and some, some of the humor in the midst of chaos and survival. But, uh, I encourage you to check that out at swordsoflightning.com. Uh, there's a QR code over here. You can take a photo of that. Happy to personalize your bottles as we get back to that. Uh, they'll be autographed. Uh, I appreciate you all turning out here. The veterans, the first responders, the people of this community and other communities. I, I met some folks who are from, from Ohio, and I know we had some come up from uh, Kentucky. So I just, I'm humbled and honored by the turnout here tonight. Um, without small businesses like this one uh, and the people of uh, all across America like this that are fans of our our brand, we couldn't, couldn't grow and do the things that we want to do to support the various charity causes that we are passionate about. We all serve in different ways in our communities. It doesn't matter whether you served in the military or not. Uh, there we all have plenty of opportunities to serve our, our country, whether that's a, a teacher uh, or businessman or whatever that business person, whatever that may be. But, uh, all right, here we go. We're opening the door for a few minutes for questions. All right. I was just informed that uh, we may be close to selling out the barrel strength, but if you will uh, leave your name uh, with uh, uh, Terry and the store staff up front, uh, they're going to get uh, a resupply drop sent in here, uh, and you can get your, get your bottle of, of uh, reserve barrel strength. Oh, all right. There we go. <laughs> Yeah, they got me back in Indianapolis tomorrow, so we can get them signed up and, and get, get them back down here. All right, question. Any questions? What got us passionate about bourbon? What got us passionate about bourbon was uh, as we deployed through the Middle East, uh, that was our focus area with our Special Forces team. I deployed uh, uh, half a dozen times prior to 9-11, but we saw how bourbon a distinctly American product brings people together. And we wanted to be part of that. That's kind of what got us. We'd been on the other side of the bar. And then uh, getting into uh, uh, the craft distilling side of it gave us a new mission, purpose, and focus as a team. Yes, there was, there was some Russian vodka involved. Perhaps some, some scotch, perhaps some whiskey, and some other things involved. That's all. What was your question? Do I? Yes, I do look like Chris Hemsworth. That's what my wife assures me. Oh. I mean, it's based on a true story, right? That movie. No, he looks like you. That's right. That's right. That's uh. All right. Anybody got a que burning question? Biggest hardship as starting as your business. What was the biggest thing you overcame? Uh, biggest hardship uh, is selling it. Making it, it's fun, it's passionate, but then it's uh, getting out there and uh, spreading, telling the story, and uh, uh, getting folks to, to make that sale, you know? Um, that's why I probably were pushing so hard, but thank you for that.
Uh, the new distillery in uh, Somerset, Kentucky, uh, we broke ground on it last year on the 20th anniversary of our team's uh, insertion into Afghanistan, October 19th. Uh, they're working on it, getting the utilities run in there. Uh, we're starting to move some dirt, but it'll be three years to get that built out. And then come see us down in Somerset. So, Thank you for that question. All right, I think we're going to... Uh, shift back to uh, signing some bottles. Thank you. Well, it's a new year, and you know what that means? It's about time for a new commercial for Batesville Liquor Co. located in Batesville, Indiana. If you've not tried their barrel picks that they've hand-selected just for you, you need to get there and do it now. They go fast, they come from different distilleries, and it's your own private select barrel that they've selected. What else do they have? Well, if, if you're gluten-free and you like beer, you know that's a tough thing. Well, they've got Glutenberg. It's a gluten-free beer. They've got it back in stock. they got three different flavors, three different styles. There you go. What else do they have? Well, funny that you asked. They've got, from the Great Lakes Brewing Company, Conway's Irish Ale. Look at that guy have a little Irish every now and then. They've also got Coastal Sunshine, which is a fruited sour ale. And of course, they've got your Bush Light, your Bud Light. Even got your PBR. That's right. You can find it all at one place. Batesville Liquor Co. Located at 315 Shopping Village in Batesville, Indiana. Or if you're in Brookville, stop in at Tebby Liquors. That's right. Tebby Liquors right on Main Street in Brookville, Indiana. That's our favorite place. Tell them the Cross the Line 1524 crew sent you. Gilman's Home Centers with 14 locations and they're growing. You know, we're in the heat of the winter. That's an oxymoron right there, but you need ice melt, you need snow shovels, any item to take care of your winter needs, Gilman's have them. Do you have a wood pellet stove? Well, Gilman's has the best wood pellets on the market. They're Somerset wood pellets. They're hardwood pellets made in Somerset, Kentucky. It gets no better. I personally use them and vouch for them. Gilman's Home Centers, your one-stop shop for any of your home improvement needs. It's all good, though. So welcome to Cross the Line 1524. I'm Alan Stanger with... Dwayne Bischoff. We are the 15 side. Jeff Montag. Ruben Hunt, and we are the 24 side. Hey, thank you all for having me. Appreciate you coming here. Absolutely. So you guys have heard, uh, you know, prior for us, to us interviewing, he did several talks about uh, horse soldier bourbon, of course, and uh, being in Afghanistan and all that good kind of stuff. So we, we're going to just grab him for a couple minutes because he's probably signed 200 bottles here or more. At least. So we appreciate that. First of all, thank you for your service. No, I appreciate it. It was a great time in our uh, American history and uh, just right time, right place with the right team. It's, it's amazing. Oh. So for our listeners, uh, the movie 12 Soldiers. 12 Strong. 12 Strong. I'm getting horse soldiers. It's been a long. It's been, I may have been tasting tonight. Too much tasting, Alan. Yeah. Too much yeah. tasting. Uh, so that movie is based uh, on their uh, the events. Events. Uh, so that had to be quite uh, uh, the honor to to have a movie made after His what you guys book. did. Yeah, it's uh, uh, meant a lot to to our team, our families, uh, and our unit in the Special Forces Regiment. Uh, there really hadn't been a Special Forces movie made uh, about us with what we do uh, since literally 1965 with a movie called uh, The Green Berets Green starring Bird, right. John Wayne. Yeah. So wow. it, uh, it uh, you know, shows what an unconventional warfare type mission is with uh, what a Special Forces team does and the challenges working with uh, our critical partners. It was kind of when you were in one of your talks earlier saying, uh -huh. you know, being the Kansas current Kansas farm boy and growing up in a rodeo and then all of a sudden getting thrown on horses was it, kind of a maybe a blessing in disguise, your it, your past. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh you know, have to think about all the, the close calls and everything. That had to be a uh just uh uh fate, hand of God, whatever, got us uh, you know, right time, right place and and uh it's not, back in two thousand one none of our special operators were really being trained in how to ride 
horseback. I mean, it's the 21st century, right? right? We right. have helicopters, armored vehicles, and uh, side by sides, everything else in the world but a horse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, and we requested those uh, as soon as we got on the ground. We requested motorcycles and ATVs and and pickup trucks, and uh, none of that come initially uh, uh, for literally about a month. Uh, until we got into the city and we liberated the northern provinces and then finally you know there's other things uh, other uh, troops other units started to flow in and, and bring more of the logistics that was that was needed but uh, uh, with the other uh, two special forces teams that came in to help augment us with the militia army that we rallied from three different factions uh, nearly 5,000 troops uh, our team alone uh, with our 12-man our team of Green Berets with the two uh, JTACs, uh, Air Force Special Operators, that came in with us and uh, after we'd been on the ground uh, a week or so. And then uh, our CIA team on the ground, uh, that uh, limited American footprint uh, was the, is considered the catalyst with our allies for uh, liberating the six northern provinces and providing the, the momentum uh, to motivate other groups across the country to rise up and fight in armed rebellion against the Taliban and Al-Qaeda and other a uh, handful of other special forces teams were sent into those areas of the country to help uh, work with them as well. You know, just an incredible effort. Uh, it's little known. Uh, less than 90 days, uh, about 100 Green Berets on the ground uh, with those intelligence uh, uh, support agencies uh, and all the air assets uh, from the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine Corps. The special operations aviations units uh, are credited with toppling the Taliban regime, the regime there in less than 90 days. An unprecedented, uh, historic kind of kind of effort. But, know, uh, the movie portrays a lot of you and the other operators rallying these troops. I mean, is that truly yeah. was it? Was it you going around? Yeah, going the, to uh, the different leaders, going, "Hey, I need your help," and yeah. kind of getting those two guys together. Yeah, it it started uh, with some critical. Uh, ethnic leaders that, that we identified from different ethnic uh, factions. They were each independently fighting the Taliban and Al-Qaeda. And uh, we didn't really know the history of rivalries or alliances uh, between them. Uh, so we're all starting from kind of a clean slate with them. And, uh, you know, it was, it was just incredibly powerful, the presence of Americans on the ground. They didn't know whether you were a CIA officer named Jerry yeah. or a Green Beret named Reuben right. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, who, who exactly that was. You, right. you, you earned their trust and their respect. Uh, you know, they, they knew us only by first name and, and the guys earned their respect and every one of my guys was referred to as a commander. And uh, but just that presence of there provides so much hope, and it represents uh, America's support and commitment, uh, and all the resources that 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 brings to bear. So how close? Do you know, we know how Hollywood works. <laughs> so how close were the actual events to what the movie portrayed? Uh, they get the core aspects, uh, the main aspects of that mission, of uh, the challenges uh, uh, in in that in situation. Uh, obviously, it shows the horseback aspect, uh, but uh, very proudly, it shows how we split up uh, in that challenging situation to three-man cells, and we put uh, you know three Green Berets with an Afghan commander and his force of 300 to 750 fighters. We put them in different counties, basically, and spread them out uh, uh, to get at and around and in behind the enemy force, uh, using the horses as mobility in that terrain, and and uh, then calling in air power uh, with airstrikes, uh, as well as uh, organizing lethal and non-lethal aid drops, uh, humanitarian aid, medical supplies to come in for the local populace, because uh, we need their support. Right. So so. Some of that, you know, the bombs dropped 30,000 feet from, was that kind of the first time operations were done with, you know, you guys that close uh, to the scene? Is, or is no, that kind of well, we, we're trained. You know, we were trained, uh, the standards and requirements at that time, our, our team was trained. We had just come out of uh, uh, a close air support training cycle uh, in, a, in a deployment to Kuwait a few months prior and some other training refresher uh, in the U.S. before 9-11 before happened. And, uh, uh, you know, we got to train with all those aircraft, but not the B-52s. Nobody 
really did that in training prior to 9-11. Um, so learning how to, how to work with them as well. Um, that was the one platform we had not uh, trained with. Uh, we also had not trained at that point with uh, unmanned aerial vehicles that have UAVs that have become so common now. Uh, like the Predator, or the, the Reaper, or some of the others, they didn't, uh, you know, they were in very minimal numbers, and, and uh, we just hadn't trained with them. But uh, incredible, uh, just incredible aerial armada of support overhead, uh, two aircraft carriers in the Indian Ocean, Naval and Marine Corps squadrons uh, flying off those carriers, and, and uh, uh, U.S. Air Force uh, aircraft coming out of the Gulf Coast countries, and uh, an incredible logistical support, really. Only America could orchestrate the aerial tankers and refuelers that were required. Those fighter aircraft, amazingly, uh, run out of gas in 90 to 120 minutes. So they, if you're a pilot, you're in that cockpit 10 to 14 hours, you have to get gas two to three times just to get to me. Employ your ordinance without killing us or our allies. And you got to get gas like your life back. depends on it two to three times wow. to oh, wow. to get yeah. back, you know. Yeah, people and don't think about that part of it. Yeah, and sit in that cockpit for that long. Incredibly fatiguing. Uh, we, 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 we owe our lives to those pilots, uh, you know. And uh, if anything happened to those pilots, we knew we were going to rescue them as well and, and get them out of there. But, uh, you know, imagine taking off on an aircraft carrier in the dark like that and you know, 10, 12 hours later, you got to land back on an aircraft carrier, which is, they say, is one of the most stressful things a pilot could ever possibly do. You know, and the Marine Corps pilots especially were anxious to get back because they were out of crayons, you know. <laughs> <That's>, um, <laughs> Air Force guys, they know they're going to go play golf the next day, right? Boy, uh, a little bit of rubbing, I, I think. Be good. Just, just yeah. be good. I have a question for you. <laughs> when you're meeting up with the other warriors, was it hard to develop a sense of trust with those? Because going into a foreign country with the yeah. people with battle, these guys are battle ready and battle active. Developing that trust had to be hard. Yeah, you're, uh, you know, you're demonstrating that you're you're trying to trust in them, but you know, trust but verify because you don't know the situation. Are we gonna have to fight our way out? And uh, trying to be ready is incredibly stressful, and not let your guard down. Right. Um, but uh, you know. Once we got in there and we kind of got established with them, they weren't going to let anything happen to us under their, uh, through their culture, their honor code. You know, every guy on our team was assigned a bodyguard, uh, to a shadow to follow you around, and and uh, th those guys were were there through through all that with us. Uh, um, but yeah, we shared the hardships there, uh, sleeping outdoors on the ground, burning an incredible amount of calories. You're doing, you know getting maybe two to four hours of sleep a night right. and uh in the snow and the rain and the sunshine and uh you know freeze i just remember it being so cold right the freezing cold that's that's uh what i remember a lot about it uh but we lost 20 to 25 pounds of body weight in uh that first month in there 24 days on horseback uniting the different ethnic factions rallying them uh the arms equipment and uh horse feed uh, that was yeah, airdropped in. Yeah, the people. Yeah, and uh, uh, you know, within 24 days, then we liberated the uh, the major city of Mazar Sharif, a uh, city of nearly 300,000 people. They turned out cheering us, cheering their leaders, and uh, then we went into the next phase of that. We went were another 45 days of combat operations. You know, uh, I, I think as Americans, we don't really have a great understanding of how much local help was there for us yeah we, it wasn't exercised here or, or displayed for us when you told when you said that earlier i was somewhat surprised you ended up with three a battle of like 300 of them of a from a foreign country i i yeah i would have never it, realized it was, that. yeah it was there uh you know equated to our own uh american history right with uh, right. uh militiamen right right rallying around the regular troops uh their leaders uh, uh, a number of them had been uh, commanders in the Afghan army before the rise of the Taliban. You know, so they had some training and, uh, you know, some understanding of, of profession of arms. Um, but then really to see uh, militiamen uh, rally around their leaders. I mean, they were coming, fathers and sons, 
uh, brothers, uh, you know, villager, villagers, uh, you know, showing up every day uh, in groups of, of 10 to 20 or 30, some of them riding their horses from hundreds of miles away because they recognize that's the time we got to rally around our leaders. We have an opportunity to change the fate of our country in this, uh, uh, in the struggle they had, uh, dealing with, uh, Islamic extremism, you know, they'd been crying out for international and Western assistance, uh, for years, uh, um, their leaders have been asking for assistance. So for many of the Afghans, uh, 9-11 was a turning point because it brought the world's attention, you know, to that, that, uh, the many challenges and the crises they were, they were faced with. But, uh, uh, so we got to know a number of number of those commanders uh, at different levels, from the squad level up through, you know, a, a commander that has hundreds of folks rallied around him. Um, yeah, it, it was incredible. That's why I encourage people. You know, there's the Hollywood version, Twelve Strong. There's also yeah, the uh, yeah. uh, documentary film called Legion of Brothers that's available on Hulu. I encourage you to take a look at that and. Uh, there's even a more recent film uh, that, that shows a, a, a later phase of our mission and, and uh, things uh, that, that portrays uh, our CIA teammate, Mike Spann, that was killed. That, that documentary film is called Detainee Zero, uh, Detainee Zero One. Good. And so there's, uh, been a, there's been a couple books written about yeah. it, and then, yeah, and, then, and then there's this one. Yeah, and this we, is this is one you collaborated with. Yeah, with my with teammates and uh, uh, our chief warrant officer Bob Pennington and uh, the award-winning author uh, Jim DeFelice. Uh, books called Swords of Lightning, and it, it came out this last uh, this last summer, and we're very proud of it as well. It uh, blew up to a num number one new release on Amazon, and uh, so that that shows more of the story. This is the more in depth of. Uh, you know what we experienced the challenges on uh the hazards and the risks and everything the mistakes uh as well and just the incredible uh story of a small team of american green berets and special operators on the ground uh that were spearheading america's response to the 9-11 attacks so, so this book swords of lightning can be ordered on yeah this book uh swords of lightning can be uh, uh found in any bookstore ordered there but you also can get an auto author or autographed copy from us uh at swordsoflightning.com okay great great yeah. so you guys come back uh, and and you know kind of remove yourselves from service and a few of you then go about collaborating on making bourbon yeah so how's all that happen uh over a uh, uh, process of, of us working together and other assignments uh, after Afghanistan and just a, a group of friends that, that wanted to go into business together after our, our service in the military. Some of the guys I knew and had served with, some of them I knew through a friend of a friend. Uh, but uh, we're trying to figure out, uh, as, as a lot of veterans, what is that transition? You know, I went, uh, when I came off active duty, I went back overseas a lot as a uh, defense contractor, continuing to support our special operations units. Uh, but then that cycle, you know, at some point, how do I get off that merry-go-round and what do I do? And uh, um, that's this opportunity to come up with this amazing uh, concept uh, with John Coco, our CEO and mentor, and his, his wife, Elizabeth, that uh, uh, had its business experience in the beauty and perfume industry. That's why our Horse Soldier bottles uh, look so amazing. Yeah, but, it uh, is a fantastic looking. Bottle. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, he took us. He took us through that process, and and uh, uh, we were really excited about getting into craft distilling. And uh, you know, again, like approached it like a special forces mission. We started to study and read about it, and learn about it, and uh, educate ourselves and and improve our our knowledge as we could. And uh, tours and tastings in a lot of places, a lot of blind taste tests. And, uh, um, you know, we had some fun adventures. We went to Scotland, went to Ireland, Havana, Cuba, uh, Mexico, you know, took a little bit from each of these different, uh, distilleries and the things that we liked and talking with, uh, industry professionals on how do you, you know, what would you do different? 
you know, and they, they welcome us in, in the industry. Yeah, so, so we um, regularly podcast, and we're often drinking bourbon, and we go down into bourbon country in Kentucky, and we we have uh, built some friendships with uh, uh, fellows with the last name of Beam. Yeah. And uh, Stephen Beam with Yellowstone Limestone Distillery. And... and and a couple other distilleries down there, Some and dance, the, the dance and yeah. beams, uh, uh, the fellows at Wilderness Trail Distillery, yep. and what we've what we found is is that collaboration amongst those guys and the people in this industry is something kind of special too. Yeah, yeah, it's on. Uh, uh, it's almost the brotherhood too. Yeah, it's yes, it is, it is, and. Uh, uh, it's it's uh it's special every one of them. every one of them we you know that we've met we take something away something special the friendship or a lesson or a business aspect or you know talking with the uh, the guys in the rick houses uh the you know the distillers as well and and uh but everybody you know from the sales and marketing side the the bottling side you know just what is what would you do more efficient so that's why we're we're excited about uh, the Horse Soldier Farms, you know, to be sustainable long term as a brand. We got some big aspirations to to grow nationally and internationally, and uh, to do that, we got to have our own facility. That's going to be the Horse Soldier Farms in southeastern Kentucky, there, an hour and a half south of Lexington, in the beautiful community of Somerset. And we'll have a couple hundred acres. We already have it. Uh, we broke ground on it a year ago, but it'll be the uh, on the north bluffs of uh, beautiful Lake Cumberland. Um, but give us three years to, to get that built out. Uh, the community there has just been incredibly welcoming and supportive. Uh, we've got a, uh, urban stillhouse, uh, uh, restaurant concept that's opening later this summer in downtown Somerset. I know the folks are excited about that as well. You know, we, we, uh, and down in St. Petersburg, Florida, where our company headquarters is at, we have the, the urban stillhouse there. Uh, that's the flagship that showcases the Horse Soldier Bourbon brand. But, uh, so we invite folks to check out the UrbanStillhouse.com uh, and come down to St. Pete and see us there too. We got amazing food, amazing cocktails, and and take a tour of that place. But, it's, um, it's hard to believe Somerset until about ten years ago was dry. Yeah. Dry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I was right. down there. Yeah, once I think it may have been less than yeah. ten years. Yeah, it's ago, less than actually. I believe. Yeah. Well, I think it was dry, but I think there was more alcohol there than in most. Non yeah, but it was dry. <laughs> you couldn't go there. Yeah, you couldn't to purchase buy it, it there. Yeah. But I think there was a whole lot hauled in there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh it's been great meeting meeting the folks there and uh uh they got a lot going on down there in Somerset, Pulaski County, uh, uh that part of Kentucky. They uh, just this last summer they hosted like the. National Rural Economic Development Conference, you know, for the whole nations. So they got a lot of, lot of, lot of good things happening down well, there. In, in county, in, er, in areas like that, need good jobs. Yeah. I mean, in, for someone to come in, a big, a big company to come in and and plant, make that big of a footprint and a commitment to that community. Yeah. I mean, that means a lot to them too. That yeah. they know, hey, these are going to be good jobs for people to here to to have even maybe some part-time whatever for kids coming up or college kids or whatever but you know just having good economic stimulus to the area yeah yeah there's a lot of businesses i understand moving there into somerset pulaski county but uh, uh bringing some of that industry back to that that rural area that's all uh, cool well we, we know you've been uh, on your feet signing all night long so we don't want to yeah this too is long. Now this this has been fun. Uh, uh, Indiana, um, you know, what's, as we grew our brand uh, with Florida being our home state, Indiana was the the next state we actually went into, and uh, we've been up here since 2018 when we started distributing. So see, we uh, been in Indiana now four years with distribution, and it's consistently been number two or number three. Well, we tried to uh, make it number one tonight. I think, yeah. yeah, I think we might have yeah. jumped yeah. around. This, uh, this was uh, a very memorable <laughs> night here at uh, Batesville Liquor, you know. Uh, I'm proud that we, you know, like Green Berets do, we incited insurrection rebellion. Right. <laughs> uh, there was the no rioting, a little rebellion, man. Uh, a little bourbon riot. Yeah, 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 you weren't the one talking to that one lady. She, <laughs> she wanted her bottle. You know. 
There's a reason we stayed behind the bar. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Man, you don't want to get crossways with Tara either. No, 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 no. We, yeah, we or, or Terry, or Terry, Terry. either, yeah. whichever. Yeah, either one. But uh, now this was this was yeah, this is, yeah, right. This is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can take that out if you want to. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so, uh, so before we let you go, I got one one honor to ask: Is you signed this bottle? I had to put my father's name. Your father, yeah. So this young fellow over here can legally distribute this uh, bourbon. So I'd like us to to have a little taste. We we'll call it a taste. Uh, today would have been my my father served in World War Two. Oh wow. And uh, he served in the Philippines in World War II. Today would have been his 100th birthday. Okay. Oh, wow. So I'm going to pop the lid on this bottle. Let's do it. And uh, we're going to have a little bourbon to Wow. Well, this fits what he said earlier, that open that for an occasion that means something. Yeah, this is it. We're honored to share that with you, Jeff. uh, Do you know what unit he was in in the Philippines? I I do not. I've got it at home. Well, I'm going to share a little bit of American history with you, uh, Prior to our special forces team riding horseback there right after 9-11, the last cavalry charge by the U.S. Cavalry was actually in 1942 in the Philippines by the 26th Cavalry. Yeah, and uh, and the Alamo Scouts. Yeah, yeah. wasn't in the cavalry. I yeah, that. there was a, a lieutenant Edwin Ramsey that was awarded the Silver Star for leading a cavalry troop in a, an attack against on horseback. But uh, okay, the Joseph yeah. B. Montag. Joseph B. Monte. Cheers. 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 All right. Thank you for that. Well, thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks thank for sharing you, thank that you. with us. Now, that's, that's what this bourbon is for, is to help celebrate the special moments, the little victories, yep. the challenges we've all had in our lives, every one of us, those, those listening. And uh, uh, we hope they'll consider celebrating those special occasions uh, with Horse Soldier Bourbon. But, Absolutely. Uh, I invite folks uh, to check out our Horse Soldier Bourbon YouTube channel. We got about a dozen short videos there about the brand, the backstory, we'll and our award-winning bourbons. With the podcast, and so uh, we invite them to check out the HorseSoldierBourbon.com yeah. and and uh, come come see us. Uh, we're excited. We're in 19 states now, which is unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, uh, this this trajectory we're on. Uh, Traveling around the states are Florida, Virginia, North Carolina, New York, Indiana, here, Illinois, Kentucky, Ohio, Michigan, Kansas, Texas, Arizona, California, Nevada, Montana, Washington State, Colorado, and Pennsylvania. That's the current 19 states. We got a great new partnership with Gallo Wine, and then uh, here in Indiana, our our, uh, new distributor partner is Johnson Brothers, previously... uh, uh, we had Southern Glacier and a num- number of other partners that have got us to this point yep. in this states here. And we're eternally grateful for their support and help uh, as our brand continues to grow. And I'm sure we'll see those folks again uh, along the continued journey. But, uh, it was a special night. I, I appreciate yeah, you, you coming out. I've enjoyed talking to Jerry and Ruben and <laughs> <laughs> Tara and Cinnamon and so, with an S. I just got one last thing. But, and I, uh, if they don't catch it in the first talk was... Um, when you told about the glass bottles, the mold that makes the bottles is from molded. Yeah, it's World Trade Center steel that we were gifted, and we melted it down and uh, uh, repurposed it into the the mold that shapes every one of the beautiful Horse oh, Soldier that, Bourbon bottles. That's, so. that's awesome. That is. But uh, again, if you check out our Horse Soldier Bourbon uh, YouTube channel, there's a video there titled "The Bottle," and okay. it shows it going through the foundry. Nice. Checking that out. Uh, so. So we typically record our podcast at the Rest of Nail Speakeasy, and I can tell you we've had some horse soldier uh, bourbon in there for at least two years. Now. I appreciate that and, very and much, sir. We have that occasionally. So. That's on. You know, most bourbons, there's a story behind. This bourbon, Wow. Yeah. the story is the bourbon, I guess. I mean, we're all here now because of what you guys did over there then, right. quite honestly. And if, uh, hopefully all our listeners understand the importance of what happened. And the sacrifices. And the sacrifices. Yeah, the, these yeah. families have gone through a whole lot, uh, right. especially in our, all the military families, but especially in the, our special operations units and, and our special forces, and, and particularly our 5th uh, uh, Special Forces group that we're proud to be part of. Uh, 
you know they're they're still getting after it in places around the world in Iraq and Syria tonight and, uh, as are a number of other special operations units so we send small teams like 12 guys uh, to these places so that we don't have to send hundreds or thousands right uh, we got to have partners right you know we can't go it alone we got to have partners uh, and our partners need some help with these complex challenges and uh, perhaps there'll be some distribution uh, for soldier bourbon uh, internationally go. in there the world. There you go. But, uh, you know, these, you know, there some of the lessons we took from each of the places we visited was you got to have three things when we're looking back at it. You got to have a great story. I think we got that got nailed. That. Mm -hmm. You got to have beautiful packaging. Elizabeth that. nailed that. And you got to have some great juice in that bottle. They'll, you know, otherwise they'll buy you once out of sympathy as a veteran and yep. that'll be right. it, you know. But uh, bringing an ultra premium brand in that category you know, we got our own reputations on the line it's like this, purpose you know, so it is, it's purpose-driven and, and what's well, good juice. So, <laughs> yeah. well, it's, yeah, the professionals say so as well, yeah, you know, right. it's, uh, we're so proud of these, uh, bourbons that, uh, all three of our core offerings, uh, just one do uh, double gold, each of them in the San Francisco World Spirits Festival. So again, you got to have that great juice in a bottle. Right. So, uh, we're looking forward to seeing folks across Indiana. I know we're in more and more uh bars and restaurants so if you're a fan of of our brand and you want to support us we appreciate you buying a bottle but we appreciate you asking for horse soldier bourbon at your favorite restaurant well we know how to well, do that we know we how to do that right. we'll probably no. be recommended for no. it no good deal so we'll let you go all right uh thank you very much no, yes. thank you all very much it. thank you appreciate you guys and thank our listeners. And the la ladies for coming out thank tonight you mark too. thank you pleasure thank you that's thank our you. support group <laughs> yeah, they drink more bourbon than we do. Well, some of them. Well, if you're looking to learn more about the bourbon country in probably the most unorthodox way you've ever heard it, you need to listen to Two Shots on a Barrel podcast. You can join the Bow Brothers, a couple of longtime goofy radio DJs from Kentucky, and learn more about what makes the heart of bourbon country so famous. You can listen to the Bow Brothers as they look to interview experts in the bourbon industry and other things that are truly unique to Central Kentucky, like wineries, craft breweries, caves, kayaking, you name it. It's Two Shots on a Barrel podcast with the Bow Brothers. You can find it on all of the major podcast platforms. Two Shots on a Barrel. You can learn more about Kentucky only the way the Bow Brothers can bring it on Two Shots on a Barrel podcast. Indiana on tap. The 2023 schedule is out and you're going to want to mark your calendars. The first one kicks off on March 11th. It's a second annual Newcastle on tap for St. Patty's Day. The next one is May 6th, the seventh annual Savor Lebanon. Then May 20th, the third annual Tipton on tap. Tipton, Indiana will be at the town square. The next one's June 24th in Anderson. It's the eighth annual Anderson on Tap. After that, we move to Rushville, Indiana for the annual Rushville Libations on July 29th. From there, we come back to our hometown in Brookville, Indiana for the third annual Brookville on Tap Beer and Bourbon Festival. We round things out on September 23rd. It's the sixth annual Loggers and Lawrence Oktoberfest. These are all sponsored by Indiana on Tap. We'll have more information on each one of the events as they get closer. And guess what? Across the Line 1524 crew will be there. You can go check out the calendar events on indianaontap.com. Like I said, we'll be there, and each week we'll talk a little bit more about the upcoming events. Indiana on Tap, craft distillers, craft breweries, and local wineries. Go check them out. All right. Uh, thanks, thanks for coming out tonight. Uh, I'm Mark Nooch with uh, Horse Soldier Bourbon. Uh, what a welcome to uh, Batesville, USA. Uh, I appreciate it very much. Uh, how many veterans we got out here? Show of hands. Uh, Miss Terry asked the Red Wave, the Red Ticketed folks, please, please come on up. But. Uh, so, is this the first ever bourbon riot in Batesville? We've had 
had Good uh, bourbon raffles. Bourbon raffles, yeah. Those, those have been pretty chaotic. So. Well, again, uh, it's an honor to be here uh, to represent not only our veterans, uh, but also this incredible uh, uh, craft distilling brand, Horse Soldier Bourbon, that's taken off. Uh, we're in 19 states now. Uh, Indiana, uh, for four years now, has been our second or third uh, best state behind Florida for case sales. So I thank every one of you uh, that's already showing up out here with uh, some of our limited uh, releases or has, has had our bourbon for Show of hands, who has never heard of Horse Soldier Bourbon before tonight? Coming here. Never tasted it before tonight. Okay. Well, I, I appreciate that. Uh, we're, uh, before we dive into this, they're tasting already, right? They're tasting before they get up here. If, if you haven't tasted it yet, they got the tasting tables here, uh, two of them on your way in, and uh, talk briefly about those bourbons right quick. So the, the copper label is our uh, premium straight. It's a young two to three year old bourbon. It's a high rye, rye corn, and then rye flavoring grain. A little bit of barley, it's 87 proof. We make this bourbon over in Columbus, Ohio. All of them are made in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, we're in a craft co-op over there uh, with several other uh, brands. And uh, we have, have grown to be one of the biggest brands in that co-op over there. But the, uh, uh, you're gonna enjoy this bourbon. It is a double gold winner from San Francisco Spirits Festival. It uh, took double gold uh, this last year in 2022, and in 2020 it won double gold as well. The uh, drink's great, neat, on the rocks, however you like to pour it and drink it. That's, that's the way to drink it. <laughs> but uh, I like old-fashioned cocktails, uh, so I enjoy this one uh, in an old-fashioned as well. Our other two bourbon offerings are a weeded bourbon. So this is the, uh, uh, the gold label one. It's our signature small batch. And reserve barrel strength with the silver label are uh, the same weeded bourbon recipe. They're four to six years old. It's, again, it's corn and then wheat is that flavoring grain, a little bit of barley. The small batch is eight to 10 barrels blended and it is always going to be 95 proof. 95 proof because that was a subtle little way to honor our special forces team that was known as the 595 team. Silver label, same recipe again, same age, big brother, big sister. It's the go hard or go home. <laughs> Looks like we've got, yep, we're at 120 proof or better in here. You're going to see uh, the proof vary on these as we harvest those barrels. This little batch appears to be 122 on the proof. So again, you're going to see that vary. Up in uh, Indianapolis earlier, I saw them, they were uh, 110 proof up there earlier. So These weeded bourbons are also double gold winners from the San Francisco Spirits Festival this last year, 2022. You can look it up. We are triple double gold winners. There is no other craft brand or big brand that has swept the San Francisco Spirits Festival. Our marketing folks aren't quite sure how to handle that. The, the, the folks out there weren't quite sure either. But uh, double gold is unanimous first place choice by that judges panel in that class. So we're very proud of the juice that's in this bottle. It's 100% unanimous. They don't know your packaging. They don't know your brand name at that competition. We joke that our bourbons have won more awards than we did in the military. Uh, we're very proud of them. Little aspect about the bottles. The bottles themselves are forged by World Trade Center steel. Because of our unique connection to 9-11 and America's response, uh, we were gifted a chunk of World Trade Center steel. We melted it down, and it's the, the mold that shapes every one of these beautiful bottles. All of them have been touched by that World Trade Center steel. We call it kind of forged in fire like we were through our, our careers. Uh, 
we got a lot going on with the brand. Uh, we started our company in 2015, a group of uh, half a dozen Special Forces veterans and one of the guy's wives, uh, Elizabeth, uh, is our uh, uh, brand manager. Uh, started this company in St. Petersburg, Florida, because that's where several of us uh, ended our military careers at. And uh, it's been a fun ride. We've had tremendous industry support. Uh, we were on the other side of the bar around the world and we saw how bourbon, a distinctly American spirit, brought different groups of people together. I spent most of my career uh, in the Middle East and our allies, or our coalition partners we were working with, whenever we would come in there for a training event or working together, it was our allies that typically would pull out a bottle of, of bourbon because the Americans were in town. And let's, let's close the door and let's talk about some serious issues and get to it. But uh, we want to be part of that. We saw how bourbon brings uh, very different people together, right? Share a little common sip. Uh, so I'm going to ask you tonight, as you get these bottles that are going to be autographed, and I'm happy to personalize them for you, don't leave them sitting on the shelf. I'm asking you to crack, the, knock the top off, share them out with some friends, celebrate the challenges you've had in your life, the little victories, uh, the weddings, the births, the graduations, the promotions, the retirements, perhaps the divorce parties. Celebrate those special moments and the challenges you've overcome. That's what we hope you'll uh, enjoy the Horse Soldier Bourbon brand, and you'll choose that to, to live legendary in your life and uh, uh, celebrate those special occasions. Uh, you're probably wondering, well, who is this guy up here? All right. I led the uh, Special Forces team. I was the captain of our team uh, that was called to spearhead America's response after 9-11. I'm sure every one of you remembers where you were at uh, on 9-11. So our team was uh, uh, called among the first to deploy out of the 5th Special Forces Group at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Uh, had an incredible team of guys. See a lot of veterans out here. They were average age 32. We averaged eight years time in service. Five of the guys were already uh, Special Forces combat veterans. 10 out of the 12 of us were married. Nine of the 10 couples had two or more kids. I personally had two young stepsons and my daughter was, uh, uh, our first daughter, my wife was a high risk pregnancy with our first daughter, about six and a half months along. Uh, when I got the call to return back to that unit, I had just been pulled off the team uh, September 10th. My two years was up as a captain and uh, uh, moved into a staff position like typically happens. But then our team was picked to be the first out of 45 teams to deploy and I was put right back on that team. Uh, incredible, amazing mission. It's a miracle we survived it. Uh, but had a great, great team of guys. Uh, those great Special Forces sergeants that we could uh, depend on to figure it out. Um, that incredible story is portrayed uh, in movies, it's in film, it's in the Hollywood uh, portrayal, 12 Strong. So for those of you that thought maybe Chris Hemsworth was showing up here tonight, he's, he's parking the car around the corner, and he'll be in here shortly. So, but it was great to meet Chris and the other amazing actors like uh, Michael Shannon uh, that portrayed uh, our Chief Warrant Officer, Bob Pennington. Uh, Bob is also one of the other uh, uh, co-founders in Horse Soldier Bourbon with us. But uh, uh, there's also uh, a documentary film called Legion of Brothers. It's available on Hulu. It interviewed more of our teammates uh, and our wives. I encourage you to check that out. It's called Legion of Brothers on Hulu. There's been a number of books uh, that are out that have uh, been written about us. But then uh, because of some of these experiences, uh, Bob and I uh, teamed together with uh, best-selling author Jim DeFelice, and we finally wrote our own book, Swords of Lightning. Uh, it took us, you know, literally 20 years to get the book done, because uh, I tried multiple times as we tried to move it along. Uh, you know, we're C students, and we finally got it done. Uh, very proud of this book as well, Swords of Lightning. You can, uh, you can find it anywhere books are sold, uh, or you can hit up our uh, website, swordsoflightning.com. Uh, it became a best-selling, uh, number one new release 
on Amazon. And uh, very proud of that. So that tells more of the story, much more of the drama and the challenges that our team went through. But, uh, everybody in here tasted already? We know what we're, we're going to get after. All right. Thank well, you for your service. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you for your service. Uh, there's a lot of veterans paved the way through their trials and tribulations to get our uh, units and military to the point we were. Uh, it was a team effort uh, to have, you know, uh, the dozen Green Berets on the ground. Initially, uh, we had to get there, and that was our amazing special operators uh, that uh, are in the aviation community, the Air Force and Army that got us there. Uh, great partners in, in our CIA teammates that we'd work with through that mission and uh, just the whole army of logisticians and intelligence folks behind us, uh, not to mention an aerial armada of aircraft coming in every day off of two aircraft carriers and uh, other Air Force bases in the, in the Middle East. But uh, so I thank all of you that are veterans here tonight coming out. I appreciate it. But uh, we all serve many ways. That's not always in the military. It may be as a first responder, it may be in your community, your business, uh, or with your family. We all serve in many different ways. Uh, now we're serving bourbon. So, yeah, it's a little, uh, it's a little surprising. You get into this business uh, to learn how many friends you have when you get into uh, uh, craft bourbon. It's, uh, but it's been great because actually it's helped us to reconnect with former friends and teammates, uh, college roommates, and high school classmates. But, uh, all right. Any burning question that I should answer right off the bat for this group? Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Kansas. Kansas. Rural north central Kansas on a cattle ranch. Uh, I rodeoed through high school and college. Uh, team roping and calf roping were my, my events. Um, but back then, uh, you know, who knew that growing up around horses were going to pay off in so many, uh, you know, back in 2001, none of our special operators were really being trained in how to ride horseback. It's the, uh, why would we do that? It's had some of the, the best training in the world, but then, uh, uh, literally it was a couple days before we did infill that we were told be prepared to ride horses. So, uh. Ten of the guys uh, uh, let me know they had quarter horse training when they grew up. Mom and dad had taken them to the Walmart and threw some quarters in the mechanical machine. <laughs> you know, so that was, they're ready. We're ready for combat, right? You know, so there's a lot of things going on. Uh, the U.S. Army had not ridden horses in combat since uh, 1942 during the World War II. So there wasn't a lot of manuals or anything out there about it. Uh, so we're figuring it out. You know, how do you carry a rifle? What gear do you keep on your back? And uh, what do I leave behind? And uh, just a lot, lot of things happening. The guys did an amazing job riding day or night. And uh, over some of that terrain, we got snowed on, rain, riding at night uh, along some cliffs. We had to swim some rivers. It was like living a Western movie that I'd watched growing up. But uh, our Afghan allies uh, were amazing. Uh, you know, they were living in some of the most rugged terrain on the planet. The Taliban had driven them deep into that area. And uh, their militia force rallied around their leaders. And uh, in our amazement, they were on horseback. We had about 300 the first day. We brought different leaders together. And they agreed to unite and cooperate. And we ended up with nearly 3,000 militia fighters on horseback. We split them up. Uh, and we, put, uh, we split our team up. We put uh, three Green Berets out with an Afghan commander in different parts of, of the, the country. We basically put them in different counties. And then I rode back and forth with the leadership uh, between them. And that was a seven to 24 hour horse ride. So we were wearing out some ponies. But, uh, anybody in here ride horses? They ride, they ride uh, stallions culturally. So if you've been around horses, uh, you get more than two stallions in uh, in the room, uh, squabbling over some bourbon. Somebody's gonna <laughs> gonna fight, but uh, they are uh, uh, they're always fighting to be that that dominant horse. And uh, there was some uh, you saw that it became a safety issue as well. 
but uh, to get all those horses together was just just amazing. Um, a number of our allies lost their lives in the course of that. Um, we lost uh, one of our CIA teammates, Mike Spann, and then uh, later uh, in September of 2003, our same team was in uh, Iraq, and we lost one of our uh, medics, uh, Bill Bennett. A um, lot to it. Uh, there's a lot to this story. There's a lot to the military backstory. There's a lot to the horse soldier bourbon uh, story as well. Uh, we're in 19 states now for distribution. That's Florida, Virginia, North Carolina, New York, we're, uh, Illinois, Ohio, Michigan, Kentucky, here in Indiana, of course, and then uh, we're over in Kansas, uh, Texas, Arizona, California, Nevada, Washington, uh, Montana, Colorado, and Pennsylvania is another one. But, uh, so we got a lot going on. We got some great partners uh, in, in Gallo and our distributor here in Indiana, Johnson Brothers, and our distributors in the other states. Uh, so it's an amazing ride. But, uh, I appreciate, again, the support. I think we should uh, start signing some bottles. Yeah, we had another question. I'm sorry. Did you want to go over by there? Yeah. And sign them yeah, I can, I can sign them over there. That'd be fine. That'd be fine. Do you have a marker? I do. I got markers. Yeah. All right. One more question. Any burning question from anybody? All right. Thank you all, sir. Yeah. Sure. Of course. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you all for coming out. This is uh, this is amazing. Is uh, humbling, and I thank you. You've been listening to Cross the Line 1524 with all the guys, whether we're at the Rusted Nail Speakeasy or out on the road. You know, we always have a great time. Hey, check out our webpage at www.crossthline1524.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Check out Podcast 1524 on Twitter and Cross the Line 15 slash 24 on Facebook. Hey, give me one before you kick me out the door.